Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Ethan. Super grateful to be talking about this topic, gratefulness and thankfulness. Um, There's a moment uh, that happens every year around this time of year, and, and we're all faced with it. And it usually happens around the Thanksgiving table when you're holding hands with your loved ones and your family. And they ask this question, this awkward, terrible question. And you know it's coming, but every year you're never prepared for it. And that question is the Thanksgiving question. What are you thankful for? And if you're anything like me, you may give a uh, a shallow answer. Um, And so today I want to talk about how we can be grateful for the good, not just the good though, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Because regardless of of what you believe right now about church or God or the Bible, I would say that we all want to be more grateful. We all want to be thankful kind of people. Now, the first thing is this, are you thankful for what you actually say you're thankful for? Maybe around the table you give some shallow sounding answers, but maybe those things are actually good things. Maybe, maybe, you know, I'm thankful for my spouse or my parents or my friends or my job or my house or my car. You say those things, but the first step in being more thankful is actually being thankful for the easy things. Are you thankful for the things that are good and easy? Because that's a vital part of being a more thankful and grateful person is being thankful and and showing gratitude and telling those people. And if you're a Christ follower, telling God, I am thankful for all that I have, all the great and easy things I have. My wife, my husband, my kids, my parents, my grandparents, my teachers, my coworkers. I am thankful for my house and I am thankful for my car. And even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, I am thankful for my job. So for today, first things first, let's be thankful for the easy and the good things in our life. Now, if you grew up in church, you may remember hearing this. And if you didn't, that's totally okay. We're glad that you're here. We find this in the Bible and it sounds great. And you might even have a coffee mug that says this, and I'm going to read it to you, but it's, it's kind of hard to really do. It sounds great, but it's hard to do. Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Really? Not just for the easy and the good things, in all circumstances. Now, that's not really what happens around most Thanksgiving tables, at least mine, because it's, it, it's, it's weird to, to, to be thankful for bad situations, right? Or bad circumstances or, or, or bad moments or, or strained relationships. No one gets around the table, the Thanksgiving table and says, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for the health scare that I had this year. No one really says that. No one says around the Thanksgiving table, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for the feedback that my counselor gave me about my fear of commitment. 
No one, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't say those kind of things. No one says, I'm thankful for my boss's feedback on my job performance and, and how they showed me that I have a lack of, of administrative abilities. I mean, I don't know about you, but I do not say those kind of things around the table. So my hope for today is that we would not only know how to be thankful for the good and the easy, but for the bad and everything in between. Because the way that we view things and, and, and our, our posture toward them affect how we live. I want to talk about two things today, two things that are, are not easy to be thankful for. The first one is feedback, and the second is what the Bible calls trials. So I have a question for you before we dive in, and it's this. Are you thankful for what's painful? Are you thankful for what's painful? I mean, for most of us, including myself, my instant answer is no. I'm, I'm not thankful for what's painful. I mean, although you, you may have played sports and you know no pain, no gain, we, we know that. Uh, emotionally, I want to avoid pain at all costs. We are great pain avoiders. I mean, what type of people go into painful conversations, you know, looking for feedback or into uh, painful relationships, looking to make things better for the sake of growth. I, I know what kind of people do that. Stupid people, right? No, 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 actually the opposite. Wise people go into those painful moments and are thankful for them. You see, buried in the Old Testament, we see uh, a series of proverbs, of sh short principles uh, about life. And, and here's the really great part about it. Once again, regardless of what you believe about church or God or the Bible, these are actually true. I believe they're true of all people. They're, they're true of all people. If you're a, a businessman or a businesswoman or you're a, a mom or a dad or you're a student, these are actually helpful beyond the church world. I mean, it gives, I believe it gives us a, a viewpoint into how we're created. But if you're thinking right now, I'm not sure if I believe this whole God thing. These are still helpful. These are still helpful. So this is the first thing we see in Proverbs. In Proverbs 13, it says this, a wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a mocker does not respond to rebuke. You see, a wise son listens to his father. A wise son listens to his father. A wise person listens to someone they trust, their boss, their spouse, their parents, someone who they trust. It's wise to listen to certain people's instructions, but a mocker or a fool he can't handle the feedback. He can't handle it. And we'll talk about why in a moment. How about this one? Proverbs 27 says this, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Okay? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. I don't know whose enemy's kissing them. That's a little weird, but you know what's better than an enemy's kiss is, is wounds from a friend. Tough feedback from a friend is a good thing. It may hurt and sting for a moment, but tough feedback from a friend is helpful because you can trust them. Now look what, what David poetically says in Psalm 141. He says this, let the righteous smite me in kindness. Let him smite me in kindness. It is oil upon the head. Do not let my head refuse it. Anointing oil. Uh, and, and anointing the head with oil was an ancient act of honor. All these passages, all three of these passages, and there's more 
in the Old Testament. They all point to feedback while being, while, while, it, while it can hurt, being helpful. Feedback is not fun. I, I, I don't have to tell you that. If you have a job or a spouse or you've been on this earth more than five minutes, you've gotten feedback. And, and it hurts. It stings. And, and, and the reason that, that it's, it's hard is our insecurities. It, our insecurities do not let it be fun for us. It, it's not bearable for us. It makes it sting because we're insecure. This is what happens. This is how it goes down in, in real time. And, and this is how I take feedback sometimes. Your boss says, hey, you've been late to a few meeting, meetings. You've been late to a few meetings. And we hear, hey, you're not good at your job. Our insecurities filter what they say and turn it into, you're not good at your job. All right. Uh, your wife or your husband says, hey, it'd be nice for you to be at the game on Thursday. And your insecurities filter that. And you hear, hey, you're never around. You're not a great dad. You're a terrible mom. You're never around. Someone says, your friend says, hey, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said what you said. That was hurtful. And what you hear through your own insecurities is you never say the right thing. You never say or do the right thing. Your coworker says, um, I don't like that idea. And through your insecurities, you hear, you have no good ideas. The feedback is about one thing. And our insecurities and our, our problem with worth and our problem with identity that we try to find on this earth, it makes it about everything. The feedback is about one thing. And we make it about everything. That's what insecurity does for us. So maybe you're thinking, why should I actually be thankful for feedback? Sure, it's necessary, but why should I be thankful? Pastor Adam Johnson says this, when we push back from feedback, we move away from a better version of ourselves. Now, like I said before, if, if you're kicking the tires of Christianity and you're not sure about God or, or Christianity, I would imagine you would still want to be a better version of yourself. When we push back from feedback, we're actually walking away. We're moving away from a better version of you, a better version of ourselves. Feedback is a gift. Feedback is a gift. And, and if you receive a gift, what's your, what's your response? It's gratitude. And so if feedback is a gift, then gratitude is the only proper response. When you get feedback and you're wise enough to know it's a gift, when you're wise enough to know what they're talking about and what they're saying, and not making about everything through your own insecurities, the only proper response is gratitude, is being thankful for feedback. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Now, that's not the only thing, the only difficult thing worth being thankful for. There's another thing that we can be thankful for. You know, feedback, it stings, but it's not, you know, life-ending. There's a man... In, in the New Testament named James. And he actually was the brother of Jesus. And, and he, he wrote a small letter in the New Testament with incredible world view. Incredible worldview. And this is what he says. And this might sound crazy. And it sounds crazy to me sometimes as well. But, but stick with me for just one moment. James says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What, James? That sounds crazy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, you can't go long in life without hearing a story of faith in which someone's rock-solid faith was built on a terrible, out-of-the-blue, never-go-through-it-again type of situation. It, it just, it just, life hit you hard. A situation hit you hard. It was that phone call, that person at the door, that diagnosis, whatever it was, it hit you hard. And, and, and maybe you or that person that you're thinking of left their faith. They said, you know what? If this is the way life is, then God cannot be real. And if he is real, then why would he allow me to go through something like this? But at the same time, you can't go long without hearing a faith story about someone having the same exact situation, the terrible phone call, the diagnosis, that awful accident, but their faith stays strong and, and maybe even gets stronger. My question is, what's the difference? Why do you have on one hand someone's faith crumbling and on the other hand, someone's faith getting stronger and stronger and stronger? The reality is this. Difficult circumstances can either grow up or blow up our faith. They can grow up or blow up our faith. Sickness, death, abuse, no job, a new job, new child, no child, a move, an accident, a new marriage, a no marriage, some sort of awful accident that you would never wish on your worst enemy happens. And they're pivotal moments that will either glow up, uh, grow up or blow up your faith. You go through financial turmoil. And, and, and on one hand, maybe some of us go, oh, I can only rely on God. But some of us think, you know what? If there is a God, he doesn't care. Some of us go through health crisis. And some of us say, you know what, I can only rely on God. He's all that I have. And on the other hand, there's some of us that say, you know, maybe it's God punishing me for what I did. We go through something awful. And some of us think, he's all I have. God is all I have. And the, uh, the other group of us think, you know, I, I'm not sure if he really exists. This is what I want to ask you today. I want to ask some, a series of questions. What is more valuable to you? An easy life or incredible trust? Superficial relationship or a committed relationship? An easy situation or tested love? How you answer those questions are driven by your worldview. Pain, it, it's, it's not an unexplainable part of our stories with a biblical worldview. It's completely explainable. If your worldview is, is, is driven by pain and avoidance, your faith will, will blow up. If, if you're walking around this earth, running away from any kind of pain, avoiding all pain, avoiding all hard relationships, all hard situations, all hard conversations, then, then your faith will crumble. But if you have a biblical worldview... You have a biblical worldview, and it's, your life is driven by that biblical worldview. These pivotal circumstances, these hard situations, although they are hard, will grow up your faith. The next time that one of these moments happen to you, you can think this. God is not doing something to me, but he will do something in me. He's not doing something to me. He's not punishing me, but 
this situation, he's allowing for me to walk through it so I can be changed, so he can change me from the inside out. Now, we can't ignore the fact that these major events of life will either develop or erode our confidence in God. The fascinating thing is, is not all pivotal moments define everyone's life in the same way. They don't define your life in the same way. It's not really the event that's happening to you. It's, it's your interpretation of the situation. I'm going to say that again. It's not really the event that, that happens to you that defines your faith or the fact that you are leaving your faith. It's the way we respond. It's the way we respond. There's no other way to produce perseverance than through painful situations and circumstances. So here's the incredible thing I want to share with you right now, because maybe you're going through that right now. Maybe you're going through a hard situation right now and you're like, listen, Ethan, I don't care what you're saying because I want to experience joy, but my life will not allow it. Joy is, is possible right now despite, actually despite of your circumstances. Your circumstances do not need to change for joy to happen. But your worldview must. Your worldview, how you see the world, how you see yourself, and how you see God must change. And, and, and this is why this is so important. Difficult conversations, feedback, hard conversations with your spouse, with your parents, with your kids, hard conversations with your boss or your coworkers or your friends or your neighbors, and situations, difficult situations, sickness, death, a loss of a job, Empty bank accounts, they're important because of your sanctification, because of my sanctification. Sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus, of who I am becoming more like who he is. The word sanctify means to set apart or to make holy. A person who is living like Jesus is becoming more and more holy. Sanctification in a way, is our holiness and our happiness coming into alignment. If that's something that you want, because I want it, then when we go through hard times or tough conversations, the only way we can respond is with gratitude. So I want to ask you this question. Can you say this? Can you get to a place where you can say, I am thankful. I am thankful for everything that makes me more like Jesus. It's not delusion. It's not being stuck in a circumstance or stuck in a moment or stuck in a hard place. It's a posture change. It's not delusion. It's not about hiding our emotions or pushing down our emotions. Thankfulness is a posture. Whatever happens, the good, the bad, and everything in between, I can be thankful because it allows me to be more like Jesus and to depend on God more. The good, the bad, and everything in between that makes me more like Jesus and makes me rely on God more and less on myself and less on my stuff and less on the people around me. The more I can rely on God and become more like Jesus, I'm going to be grateful for those things. Like I said before, maybe you're in a tough situation right now, and I'm sorry. God doesn't want you to hide your emotions. God doesn't want you to cry, doesn't want you to stop crying out to him or, or, or looking to be comforted by him. I want you to know this, 
that God is working in your situation in ways that you may not even see. You may never see in your lifetime. I saw a video just yesterday, and and this pastor said this. And this may sound uh, too good to be true, but I think it's true. I think it's true. He said this, God may be doing 10,000 things in your life and in your situation right now, and you may only see three of them. And I want to take that further. You may only see one of them. Or God is doing 10,000 things in your life right now, and you may see none of them. But that does not mean he is not working. In you, around you, in your situation, and in your heart, he is softening and changing and moving and growing you and stretching you and maturing you. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I know it stings. But God is allowing you to go through that so he can change you and change the people around you and change the people around me. I want to get to a place where my posture says this, where my lifestyle says this, where my lips say this. If he is working around me and he is working in me, then I have a reason to be thankful. Even though it's hard, even though it hurts, even though I may not see him, I can be confident in his promises and his faithfulness that he is working in me, in my heart, softening me, changing me, making me more like his son Jesus. And he is working around me in the situations, changing people's lives, maybe even through my life. What an honor that is. And if that's the truth, which I believe it is, and the Bible says it is true, then the only response I can have for that is to be thankful. My only response, your only response, if God is working in you and around you, even in the hard, even in the bad, even in the tough, and especially in the good, our only response, the proper response is thankfulness. Not just on Thanksgiving Day, not just around your table, not just when someone asks you, hey, what are you thankful for? But in in the dark of life, in, in in the shadows, when you're, when you're feeling alone, when you feel alone, in, in those moments, I'm thankful because he's working in me and around me. This is what I want you to do. Wherever you're, you're, you're watching this or you're listening to this, I, I want you to stop for a moment. I want you to take a piece of paper out and I want you to make a list, sure, of everything that you're thankful for that's easy and good. And, and, and I want you to maybe thank God or, and or thank the people that are part of that. I, I want to thank my spouse or my, my parents or my, my kids or my boss. I'm thankful for these easy and good things. But I also want you to, to make a list of difficult things. Things that you may not see God working in. Things that only crazy people, quote unquote crazy people, will be thankful for. And I want you to write those difficult things down. And I want you to look at that list. And I want you to begin to to start seeing that list as something that you're thankful for. I I want you to begin to expand your thankfulness. I want to begin to expand my thankfulness for not just the things that are easy, but the things that are are hard, the things that are are, are tough, the things that sting. And because I believe that's going to take our lives to a deeper place. And if you will, and if I will, I promise that you and I, can be thankful in all circumstances, not just the good ones. I want to pray for you.
God, I, I thank you for everyone hearing my voice right now. That regardless of what they're going through, maybe, maybe their, 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 their toughest day, maybe their, their most painful moment right now, God, I, I want to pray for them. That, that you would comfort them and, and you would show up in their lives and you would make yourself known and real to them. And, and God, I pray that, that maybe someone's listening right now that hasn't had a tough day. Maybe, maybe their life has been pretty great so far, but, but, but you know and I know and, and they probably know in the back of their minds that, that one day will come when they get that phone call or they get that diagnosis or, or they have to go to that funeral and see that person they love laying there and, and they are hurting and, and God, we know in our, in our human brains that thankfulness should not be a thought that we have around pain. But God, we also know and we see in your word that you work in all things for good. You, you turn terrible situations into good. You change our hearts through, through painful moments and painful conversations and tough, dark moments. And so God, I am grateful. We are grateful for that. And I, I pray that the people hearing my voice would know that as well, that, that uh, because of your son coming to this earth and dying on a cross, that we have hope in the pain, that we have a promise in the, the, the situation that we're going through. And there's, a, even though it's, it might be dark for them right now, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that light is your son and your love and your forgiveness. So God, I pray for my friends here that we would begin to be more thankful. God, thank you for loving us so much and so well. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.